Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. (laughs) The fiery, fiery podcast. That you listen to. Hope that sounded like fire. Probably just sounded like static. Yeah, like, for you know, sure. your radios yeah. are okay, yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. This is. We are we are very excited for this upcoming series. We're going to do a series, Father Peter Teresa. A seven game series. It's We're a, taking it to all, all seven games. All seven games. Wow, very exciting. It's going to be. My team's going to win. Amazing, <laughs> uh, because something is something is coming. The Lenten season. Ooh, it's both very exciting and very scary. At the yes, same time. yes, and and we don't want you to be afraid. <laughs> be not afraid. Be not afraid, people. We we want to encourage you. We want to be with you. We want you to know that you are not Father Peter Teresa alone. Okay, I thought you were telling people that they're not me. <laughs> well, they are <laughs> not Father Peter Teresa. <laughs> yes, they are not me, and they are not alone because we are with them. That's right. <laughs> Is that the royal we on that one? Yes. The three of us. <laughs> we are all with you. The unholy yes. trinity that is the three of us. And oh, maybe goodness. now you are more afraid than you were when we began <laughs> the podcast. If you're still listening, if you're still with us, there's a chance. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, but yet Lent will be uh, beginning, uh, coming soon. And so we want to um, want to do a series to help you, help you in your Lenten journey, help you enter more deeply into the season. Um, and we want to share with you our, our Franciscan charism. So... Uh, during these next uh, seven podcasts, the next seven weeks, we're going to be sharing uh, different aspects of, of the Franciscan life that we live, specifically as third order Franciscan religious, um, and uh, just share with you about uh, St. Francis and how he can be a help, a guide, uh, maybe a, a saint for you to pray to and ask for intercession during this time of, of Lent, um, so that you can have a, a more fruitful Lent. Uh, a more fruitful Lent and a more fruitful uh, Easter. Amen. So, St. Francis is a friend. We're not alone. St. Francis is with us too. Yeah, Francis even better news. Yeah. St. Francis. <laughs> no, I think you know, that's a bit seriously. Like, I think that's our goal mm-hmm. is to let you know that St. Francis wants to accompany you through this Lent. Mm. You know, we just got off a year of St. Joseph. I don't think they're going to name a year of St. Francis, but we're going to name right now today a Lent of St. Francis. Wow. wow. Bring yeah. it on. FHS declaration. The, uh, Saint Francis Lent. So it's it's kind of like the Lenten Lenten journey with Saint Francis. Amen. Help yes. him uh, oh, have great. a deeper devotion to him. Help accompany you this Lenten season to make the best Lent you've ever had. Amen. That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna start listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so fathers, um, I think you know most of our listeners. Uh, I would suspect have have some idea of who St. Francis is and maybe some of them even know, you know, more of his life and more of, um, you know, the way he lived and how it came about that, that, a, an order named after this man was, came into being. Um, but if we could maybe just start with a little bit of St. Francis's story, cause I think it very much ties into, um, Lent itself, uh, and, and kind of, it will show us why he, he will be somebody to, to help us on this journey. But fathers, Whoever, whoever wants to respond first. But uh, tell me a little bit about St. Francis. Tell me a little bit about his life and his journey. And specifically, kind of, you know, how, how he came to uh, follow the Lord. I'll give maybe just some, like, 
some historical notes, and then maybe Father, you can give some some autobiographical notes. So, Saint Francis is born in in the a, a city in Italy. Uh, so at this time in in the history of Europe, that cities are beginning to develop, and so Assisi is a city, but it's it's still a small city. There's about between about like two and three thousand people living in Assisi at the time that Francis is born. So everyone would have known each other in the city. Um, everyone would have recognized each other. Uh, you would have known Steve, the carpenter, and you know uh, the Bernadones the, who 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 sold cloth, and. Uh, so it's 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 located. Steve Bernadone. <laughs> no, no, Steve's a carpenter. Okay. The Bernadones are Francis's family. I love how you do like a full Italian name, like legit, and then like Steve. <laughs> Stefano. So yeah, Stefano. thank you. Oh, there we go. Oh, I just Steve is my. He's just my token dude for all my stories. <laughs> So Assisi's on a commercial route between uh, Rome and then Tuscany to the north. So there would have been uh, – the commerce that would have taken place between Rome and Tuscany. Assisi's in the middle of it. So a lot of trade would have happened there. Uh, and Francis's family is part of the, the popular faction in the city. So their wealth is based primarily on the commerce. So Francis would have been in the top one-third tax bracket of the, the people who lived in Assisi. So he, he's wealthy. He's kind of the, the, the new money. So the old money is the people who own land. That's like Claire's family. Um, they're nobility. They own land. But, but Francis's family is kind of the, the new money where they're, they're, they're doing trade in, in the new cities, in the, in the, new, the new economy. Uh, he was born in the year 1182, and he would have been baptized on Holy Saturday. Uh, which would have been March 28th of that year. So that's when they would have baptized everyone during that time on Unholy Saturday. And so he's born in 1182 to this um, wealthy family. And, and this is how, uh, this is kind of just the world that, that Francis is born into. <clears throat> so uh, what's interesting about St. Francis is, is, as you said, um, there's still the old money is still looked at as like the most important thing. Mm -hmm. This noble class that everybody yep. wants to be nobles, even though some of the nobles are actually poorer than some of the new money. Mm. But uh, but Francis part of new money, new wealth. And so what does he want to do? He wants to become a knight. Yeah. Why? Because a knight was the way you moved from the popular class, the people, into being nobility. Mm -hmm. And his father wants this as well. Because what do you want for your son is to make him you know nobility. That's just yep. this. It's rise the social ladder. That's right. Put yourself on top. And so he. Um, starts to pay for him to be become a knight. He buys him a horse. He gets him all the gear. And what do you have to do? You attach yourself to a battle, you know, a regiment. And there's all these little skirmishes going mm -hmm. on between cities. And so um, Francis goes off to war, you know, between Perugia and Assisi. And uh, he's actually captured in battle mm -hmm. and thrown in a prison in Perugia. And actually there for a year mm -hmm. um, until his father is able to buy him back um, for whatever ransom uh, it takes. And he gets very sick in prison, almost dies. And, and this is kind of the beginning of the stirring of something uh, where he kind of felt <clears throat> invincible. He was a, uh, they called him the, the king of fools mm -hmm. among his friends. Um, so whoever paid for everything, you go out and party and whoever paid for everything got to tell everybody what they're going to do. <laughs> so Francis was rich, so he, and, but he would always pay for everybody. But that means he could tell everybody what to do. He became the king of the fools. Mm -hmm. And so he's just a little young, you know, whippersnapper, as my dad would say. It's a party animal. Hanging and out with Steve. And you know, Steve, Steve was a problem, <laughs> that's for sure. Steve's kids were problems. And, uh, and so, um, but, but he, so he's in the midst of this, like he, he sees death face to face. Mm. He sees yeah. prison 
right? You're, we're, I was free. I was doing, I was living, et cetera. Now I'm in prison. I'm, I'm barely eating. I don't know what the conditions are like. Um, obviously, he gets very sick while he's there. Like things are bad. He actually comes back and he has to lay in bed and be nurtured back to health when he's back in the CC. So he kind of hits a little bit of a low point, which kind of begins a conversion process for yes. him. Yeah, and I think so. And then so from there, he he's beginning this conversion process, uh, and then he has a, 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 just this infamous encounter with uh, a leper, uh, where he. He says at the end of his life that, you know, to see a leper would have been bitter for him. Um, but he has this encounter with the leper. He embraces the leper. He kisses the leper and comes to, to recognize um, Christ in this encounter. Um, whether it's mystical or, or real, we, don't, we won't get into that, but but has another conversion experience there. Um, and then wants to, 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 to dedicate his life to the Lord. He's praying in all these rundown churches in the Assisi countryside. Um, please. Well, even before this, he tries to become a knight one more time. Okay, yes. He tries yes. to go back to knighthood. Yeah. And he actually begins the journey down south to join this battle, join this other knight. That's right. But along the way, he has a dream. And he sees this room filled with armor and filled with shields and everything else. And he has this question. Francis, is it better to serve the servant or to serve the mm-hmm. master? And he's like, well, to serve the master. Yeah. He's like, then why do you serve the servant, right? And basically, like, you're, I'm going to help you build a real army, like yeah. a spiritual army. Yeah. And Francis actually turns around and goes home and sells the horse, sells everything yep. out. Gives the gives this money to the poor leper, the poor knight. That's right. Along the way, um, you know, sees a leper. All these, all these other parts of it, where he's it, like, he's like, I'm done serving the things of this world. Yeah. And then, and then living in the rundown churches. Back to you. Yeah. So he's praying in, um, in the Portiuncla Church, the, the 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 church of the little portion of Our Lady of the Angels, and he's praying before the San Domingo Cross, and hears the cross speak to him. Um, Francis, go uh, rebuild my church, which you see is falling into ruin. He begins to take this very literally. Uh, so he begins to sell all of his father's cloth and to to, to beg for, for stones and begins to, to repair this church. And um, much to his father's chagrin, his father doesn't like this very much. And so his father comes looking for him. His father imprisons him in the house. His father goes away on a business trip. Mom releases him. He goes and is hiding in the church and finally just comes to this point of, 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 of a crossroads. He's like, okay, well, I have to, I have to, I have to confront all this. And so he knows dad's looking for him. Him and his dad have this showdown in the town square, uh, where his father is worried that his son is losing his mind, um, going through the streets, begging for stones, selling all this cloth, having this religious conversion and is worried that his firstborn son is going to squander his inheritance and, and everything that he's built up. And so he asked Francis to renounce his inheritance. Francis renounces his inheritance in, in dr- very dramatic fashion, you know, even takes off the clothes of his back that his father has given him and says, from, no, from now on, I will have no father on earth, but I will only have a, a father in heaven. And so he takes off all his clothes. He's standing there the, naked as the days he was born in, in, the, in the town square. And, and, and the bishop who is overseeing this, this, um, this matter between father and son then comes in and enclose Francis uh, with his garb and, and puts him under ecclesiastical protection, the protection of the church. And, and, and at this moment, then Francis becomes uh, what we would call a penitent. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, can we just stop and reflect for a little yep. bit? Cause this, uh, that, that's a lot. We just went through. Oh yeah, for sure. We're, we are, are, we are skimming 90 miles an hour <laughs> off the top. You know what I mean? We could drill um, down on any of these things. And, yeah. No, it was, but it's just cause we're, what are we trying to do? We're trying to help people prepare for Lent, right? Mm-hmm. Ash Wednesday is a couple of days away. And I just want to start there with like Francis strips naked, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? 
like you said, showdown. I'm thinking like the Wild West, like, you know, kind of like we're about to have the showdown, Father and Son. And like, it's it's the showdown, but it's like, all right, like Jesus wins. Like, it's not even a, it's not even a fight. It's not even a battle. Because yeah. they show up and the father's like, you've, you've sold this cloth. Like, you owe me this money. I'm my inherit Like, the inheritance. What have you done? Da, da, da. And Francis is like, okay, like, it's here. Here's the yep. close off my back. Like, nothing I have has comes from you anymore. You can, like, everything in the house, everything, it's all yours. I'm, you're, you know, my father's my father in heaven. And I think this is just a great starting point for us for Lent. That this is the attitude the church is asking us to have this Lent. An attitude that says, okay, I want to be stripped of everything that I'm holding on to that's coming from this world. Anything and everything that I'm uh, that I have, so my physical possessions, but any of the idols of this world, you know, Thomas Aquinas called them honor, my reputation, mm-hmm. you know, wealth, my possessions, pleasure, you know, the things that uh, bring pleasure and power, like my authority over others, that, yeah. that we hold on to these idols of the world, right? And, and, and what we actually have and with our disposition. And, and Francis so beautifully just, he, sh- he just strips himself naked in public, mm-hmm. right? You've been thrown in jail for that now, right? But but back then, it's just, it's this beautiful, beautiful, like the saints can, can get away with anything as they say. Like, <laughs> just this beautiful, like, gesture to say, I don't belong to this world anymore. Yeah. I don't own the things of this world anymore. My heart belongs to God. My life belongs to God. And, and here it is. And, and how beautifully the church wraps him, mm-hmm. right? In the midst of that, when it's like totally stripped, like, I'm totally vulnerable, and that's what we're afraid of, right? We're afraid of standing naked out in the square and everybody looking at us. Like we don't have a father's protection. We don't have anybody's protection. Like who's going to be there for us? And right then and there, it's the bishop. It's the church that wraps Francis in his mantle and says, Francis, I will protect you. I will care for you. And the church does the same for us. On Ash Wednesday, as we come to this disposition and say, if I let go of my my this thing that I'm holding on to, this attitude, this disposition, this possession, my my Facebook, you know, that I'm atta- yeah, I'm addicted yeah. to, or whatever this this thing is that's in my life, am I just going to be naked? Am I going to have anything left? And the church walks up and says no, and wraps us and mm. says, "I'll be there to protect you. The Lord's going to be there for you." Yeah, like the bishop standing in the person of Christ in persona Christi is wrapping you and saying, "God will not abandon you as you let go of things of this world and put your heart on the cross." One of the the desert fathers, uh, John Cashin, who who wrote all these conferences and just kind of handed down the wisdom to us of, of the early early monastics in the desert. He he describes formation in like in the monastic life, um, and so this thing is applicable to to all religious life and then to all walks of life, where he says that. Um, that formation is the process whereby we gradually are conformed to the perfect nakedness of Christ, um, where where to become a follower of Christ is is to to conform ourselves to the nakedness of Christ, and and where we have nothing, where we have nothing, where we are stripped of everything, and this is this is so, this is part of the genius of Francis, where he didn't want to have anything of this world, so that he could be totally free to have the things of God, and that. And that we know that the, the, the two times that, that where Christ is naked in his life for us to reflect upon are his birth and then his passion, where he is stripped of his garments. Um, and we know that these are two mysteries that the Francis love to meditate and to contemplate on. And especially as we're entering into Lent, where we pray the stations of the cross all the time and that, and that tenth station being stripped of our garments, um, where Christ is stripped of his garments rather, but... But then we can ask ourselves, okay, then um, what are the things that 
that we clothe ourselves with because we're afraid of that vulnerability. We're, we're, we're afraid to, to be naked with our God and naked before our God. And so maybe we want to hide behind our good works. Uh, we want to hide behind our possessions. We want to hide behind our wealth. We want to hide behind our family. We want to hide behind our relationship. Whatever it is um, that, that, that our whole life should be preparing ourselves for that moment where we are going to stand before our God and our maker uh, when we pass from this life into the next. And we do that, we are going to be completely and utterly naked. We will have nothing to hide behind. Um, and so Lent is an opportunity for us to, to really enter into that. Um, so we pray and we fast and, and, we, and we do, uh, we take on spiritual practices and we deprive ourselves of, 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 of earthly goods, which are legitimately good, uh, to help us cultivate that disposition of heart where we're at the end, I'm going to have nothing. And I'm going to stand before God, just as Francis stood before his father and said, okay, like, I'm only going to have a father in heaven now. Um, and I'm just going to stand before him as naked as the day I was born. Um, and now you have to give me everything. Um, and the church, who is the bride of Christ, like you said, comes and clothes him. And, and the church will do the same for us. And so it's this opportunity for us to then really reflect upon maybe this, this tenth station, where, where Francis kind of lived the tenth station in a very literal way, um, where he stripped himself. And so what are the the things that we need to, to strip ourselves of to be, to conform to Christ as Francis as our model. And to break the attitude that says, <clears throat> I had a good Lent because I gave up sweets this year and I didn't <laughs> yeah, eat sweet, yeah. sweets. Like that's, uh, defined Lent is I did the thing that I said I was going to yeah. do. I did the penance I said I was going to do. Mm -hmm. Ergo, I had a good Lent. Or I had a bad, I didn't do it. I had a bad yeah. Lent. And that's not what makes a good or bad Lent. Like did yeah. I have conversion? Did my heart actually conform closer to Jesus Christ? Yeah. Like was I stripped naked? And did I allow myself to be conformed to the crucified? Mm -hmm. um, that's what makes a good land. Yeah. And I think uh, what we're trying to get at, and you know, everything that we're saying, it's it's what is the deeper meaning mm -hmm. of this season? What what is, you know, we can really trust trust that the church and her wisdom, when she gives us a season of uh, forty days to prepare for, um, you know, that the the Easter Twitterum, the, the Holy Holy uh, Thursday. Good Friday, Holy Saturday, into Easter Sunday. That it's it's showing us that there's something really important mm -hmm. um, that that she wants us to be prepared for. And so, again, like you're saying, fathers, that it's not just about okay, Lent's coming. What am I going to give up? I picked something. Here we go, right? But it's how much thought and reflection have you given to whatever that thing might be, whatever that penance uh, might be. Uh, and in a deeper way, um, why are you doing that thing? In what way is that going to benefit your walk with the Lord? In what way is that going to prepare you? So yeah, maybe, again, you know, maybe we, we really like a certain type of food and we give that up because we like that food. But what is the deeper purpose? What is the deeper meaning? And I think that that's what we're trying to get at here a little bit um, and what we can learn from, from St. Francis. Uh, because, again, he... It was a little bit of a process for him too, um, you know, going to prison. Uh, and uh, if you if you do want to read about St. Francis, I think that uh, Father Augustine Thompson has a, a really mm -hmm. good uh, biography. Uh, at least I, I think it's I think it's a really good biography on St. Francis, and he kind of parses that part out a little bit more. That there was something really, you know, stirring uh, in his time there, but. What eventually led him to do, you know, what we're talking about, you know, giving everything away to, to give himself fully to the Lord. Um, 
is I'm sure that there was a lot of, you know, prayer and deeper self-reflection about how these things were prohibiting him from coming closer to the Lord. Um, and so maybe, you know, um, fathers, how could we, well, I just want to, yeah, I think like we love conversion stories. Um, and we really love like dramatic ones. Like we love the story of like Paul being knocked off his horse um, and all those testimonies of, of people who were just in the, the the thralls of sin and doing drugs. And then our lady showed up and delivered them and like they're free and now they're like a priest or now they're a nun. And like it's just and it does get to show like the awesome power of God intervening and just overcoming tremendous darkness. And they're beautiful stories to tell. But by and large, those aren't most people's stories. Um, and I think what is so like beautiful about Francis's story is that like you really can't just point to one moment and say this is when the conversion happened. That he has this he has this time in prison where he's reflecting on his life. He has this he's going back to war and he has this dream. He's praying before a crucifix and the cross speaks to him. He has this showdown with his father. Um, then all of a sudden, like followers are coming after him and he's got to figure out what to do with all these followers. And, and he has all these different conversion experiences and moments. And so I think that's reflective of us too, is that um, we have these conversion moments in our lives. And perhaps you had a cursio or you did a retreat or you heard a homily and then, you know, something clicked in your faith and, 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 and now you're following the Lord more closely. And, and, and now, but, but now this Lent can be like another opportunity, another moment of just another conversion. So we're just going a little bit deeper. We're just following Christ a little bit more closely, like St. Francis. And so with that, because I think that is very important, um, how can we, how can we, you know, with St. Francis, how can we kind of enter into that a little bit more deeply? This process of, kind of just bringing our hearts before the Lord and just asking the Lord, you know, again, that, that Lent is coming, but how do we, even before Lent, <laughs> prepare for Lent, right? Um, what can we do to, to do that, Father? Yeah, I think my first piece of practical advice is going to be um, asking Francis through his intercession, you know, to ask um, the Lord to reveal, the Holy Spirit to reveal, what should I do for Lent? Because mm-hmm. I think one of two things happens. One is um, we default, like we just kind of give up chocolate every year. It's kind of the thing we do. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Um, and we don't really pray through or think how the Lord wants us to spend our land. And then number two is um, we, we kind of get into like, I'm going to go like super hardcore, right? I'm going to do bread and the water. The Lent to yeah. end all Lent. <laughs> and this is going to be the conversion moment in my life. Yeah. And, and um, again, neither of these work in, in a sense because they may not be what God wants. Mm-hmm. And, and God might have something different for you. Than, than you've had for Lent before. It, it may be some really beautiful spiritual practices. It may be really hard, um, but it, it's going to be exactly what he wants. And it's not, again, the practices themselves. There's sometimes that there's practices that seem really easy, but they actually tear you apart. Yeah. Uh, and there's some that seem really hard, but you have the grace to do them and they're really easy. Um, it, it's what does the Lord want? And, uh, and I think because he knows what he can use in your life to draw you closer to the Lord. And that's what he did with St. Francis. He, he knew what St. Francis needed. He knew that he needed to see a poor knight on, on his journey mm-hmm. home after having this experience of who you're going to serve, the servant of the master. And like, and that was going to help him give away his cloak and like change things. He needed to see a leper because lepers are abhorrent to him. 
And he had to, where, where are you going to get out and embrace this lesser? Are you going to kiss this leper? There's all these things that God just knew. He knew he, knew he needed the Sandamon to speak to him, right? But mm-hmm. but he was in, the, what we don't talk about, is he was in the church praying before the Sandamon on a cross, yeah. right? He was in the place ready for to receive what God had to say to him. And we've got to put ourselves in the place to receive this Lent by doing what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. So I think my first uh, recommendation to everyone is ask for St. Francis intercession upon you this Lent so he would journey with you. He would hold your hand. He would journey with you. That he, that, that by his intercession, the Holy Spirit would reveal to you how am I supposed to spend this limit? What am I supposed to do? Either adding more practices of prayer, or or giving up certain things in penance, or both. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to do that this Lent. Ask Saint Francis what I should do. <laughs> and I think also too is that um, you know anytime we set out on a journey, anytime we set out to 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 do something that. Um, you want to have the the goal in mind. And I think so often we make the goal the completion of the penance. Uh, and that's not the goal. That the goal is to become more configured to Christ. And, and the goal is to be ready to receive the resurrected Jesus at Easter. That, that this awesome mystery of our faith. That, that God became man, died on a cross, and then rose again from the dead and defeated death. Um, and now wants to give us life eternal and give us his very life and, and, and to share in his resurrection life. That, that, that that's what this is all ordered towards. Um, that that is the goal, to, to become more one with Christ. Um, and so, so that we can say with Christ that I only have a father in heaven. We can say with Francis, I only have a father in heaven because I'm one with, I'm one with Jesus. And so just to ask in, in, in what way do you want to become, um, like Christ, but then also one with Christ, uh, where you want Christ to live inside of you. Um, and what in your heart is is impeding that, the life of God living inside of you. Um, and then make that your penance to spend the time to really just give that to the Lord, surrender that to the Lord, uh, so that so that the resurrected power of Jesus can live in that place instead. Sometimes I think, you know, we, we have a couple minutes left, but um, sometimes we can get stuck between uh, and hopefully this is helpful for, for those listening, but okay, so don't just pick a thing and do it. Um, but also, you know, kind of making, making sure there's some emphasis on something going on interiorly and, and how the Lord can change and, and help us with conversion. Um, but we also don't want to say it's not just about, you know, it's not about what you pick exteriorly. Like it's, it's both working together. Mm-hmm. Right, so it wouldn't be just like I'm just not going to do a penance. More just about my interior conversion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the church has always shown that, of course, we're, we're body, soul, and spirit, right? So those two have to be integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe just uh, a word or two about you know how do those work together? You know how does a penance then, you know? And I think we're talking about you have to pray about it, you have to seek the Lord, but you know how, how do those two work together in the in the process of conversion? Yeah, well, it's it, it works together. I mean, like you said, we're body and soul. So one is just a reminder. If I decide, whatever, I'm giving up snacks, right? We've done that before. And it's like, I'm not snacking this year. Um, well, if you're a big snacker, you know, and normally at 10 o'clock you get down, you give yourself, you know, a, a piece of fruit or chips or whatever it is, and you don't do that, you're going to be a little hungry. You know, you're going to survive. You'll be a little hungry. But that reminder is like, why am I not doing this? 
Well, because it's Lent and because I want to be prepared for the celebration of, of Jesus' passion, death, and resurrection. And this is uniting me to the suffering he endured on the cross. So it's 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 first that reminder of, uh, oh yeah, it's Lent. Because like, we get so busy. Life gets so busy. It's that daily reminder of, oh yeah, this is a season that's set apart, which is why we have purple, right? It's why we don't sing the Alleluia. We don't sing the glory. There's all this stuff we do at Mass to be like, hey, remind, reminder everybody, it's Lent at this time of the year. You know, purple, penance. Um, and, and then too, as I said, it, it gives you something to offer up. Like you're supposed to be a little bit hungry. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because um, Jesus suffered. That the price he paid um, was a heavy one. Mm-hmm. It, it was death. It was a scourging. It was a crowning with thorns. It was a stripping naked. It was, and and uh, more than just the physical, it was the carrying the weight of sin on his shoulders. So there's this the extreme suffering he endured for our sake. And so when we suffer, it's it's an opportunity to unite to that suffering and re- remind remember what he did on the cross. It, it's, and I think Francis lived this so well, where where Francis knew that. Uh, the letter without the spirit kills. Um, but you can't just have the spirit, that you need the letter. Uh, and so you need both. Uh, and so the, like what we're saying is that like if all you have is just the letter, if all you have is just the penance and you're just doing the penance, like, well, that's not going to be any good. Um, but you can't just get the spirit of Lent um, and just some abstraction without actually doing an observance of Lent. Um, so we need both. So, so it's the, 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 the penance, the, the thing that we do um, should be a, a doorway to lead us into the spirituality of, of Lent. And so that's why the, the, we, you kind of have room to, to, to personalize it. Um, the church gives us prescribed ones on, on Friday that we fast, we don't eat meat and, and things like that. Um, and but then you also get to then find the penance for you that's going to be the doorway for you to actually enter into the spirit of this season. But but you have to enter in through it through the action of it. You can't just have the idea of it or the spirit or the abstraction of it. Christianity is not an idea. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's something you live. Yeah. <clears throat> and so we're we're coming to that time where I would usually ask a fun question. <laughs> But I actually, it's occurring to me that maybe uh, there's another question that I want to ask, and it, I don't think it has to be a, a super long answer. It's more practical, but um, there's certain times or days during the Lenten season where we are required to fast. So Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and then also abstinences. And I think sometimes maybe the faithful might get a little confused or, or want to know, you know, what exactly am I supposed to do for Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, and then even Fridays during Lent. So if maybe we can just give a little clarification for that. Yeah, we abstain um, from all meats, right? The flesh meats um, on all Fridays of Lent and on Ash Wednesday. Um, and the reason we do that, um, and Good Friday, you know, being a Friday of Lent, um, the reason we do that is because meat was sacrificed on the altar. So um, we're reminding that he is the one true sacrifice that Jesus is the one true sacrifice. And so we are abstaining from any meat that day because he died on a, on a Friday. It used to be every Friday throughout the year, um, particularly in Lent, that, that Jesus died on a Friday. He was the, he is the one true sacrifice. That on the altar of the temple, they didn't offer fish, which is why we can eat fish, but they did offer oxen, which is why we don't eat oxen or sheep. Right? So we don't eat meat because it's a reminder to us. He, he offered up his life. And then on um, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, additionally, it's not just abstinence. Um, 
I thought, so can I tell a joke real quick? Just because the fun yeah, time. Yes, let's do it. I, when I was growing up, like when I was in high school, I thought also you had to abstain from sex. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know where I heard it from or what, but I thought it was That like, is typically how we talk about abstinence. Yes. So I just thought- Especially like, in high school, we probably heard a lot of chastity speakers talking yeah. about abstinence. Yeah. I so get, I just thought it was like, well, I'm abstaining from meat, but when I'm married one day, which I thought at the time, like I'm going to have to abstain from sex on Friday. So <laughs> during Lent. Yes. Uh, maybe it's a good practice for you. Maybe it's something <laughs> you should think of, yeah. you know, but- uh Anyway, uh, that's just a funny side note. But then on uh, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, we also do um, uh, what's called fasting for the church, which for the church uh, in the Latin, the West, it is one main meal, then you eat two smaller meals, which do not equal up together the size of one meal. Which, again, spirit and law, like doesn't mean I eat like such a big meal for my one meal that I can eat two regular meals. It's you don't a, have to get out the food uh, weight. And, yeah. yeah. You just, in general, eating two snacks, you know, two, two small uh, meals, and then you're eating one regular meal. I just, what I would say about this, too, is that like um, I, I do recognize that um, that life can be super busy. And like all of a sudden it's Friday and like you're like at the drive through getting chicken nuggets. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're just in you're just in the grind of life um, and you, you've forgotten. Um, and and I do just want to say that like um, that this is a holy season. This is a holy time. Um, and to really, really purpose yourself to enter into these Fridays to pull yourself out of, of, of just the world's time and the world's calendar and to be moving along like the week in a worldly way and to really enter into, no, I'm in, I'm in God's time. I'm on the church's time that God organizes my life. The church organizes my life. And so, um, so, so I get it. Things are really busy things like just the, the grind and, and the speed of life and, and, and Friday can just sneak up and it feels like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just like another day. But, um, to really, really try to purpose yourself to, to that's why we do it. That's why we, we really, really drill down on this in Lent because to remind us of that we are in a sacred season and a sacred time. And these are the things, these are the things that should be organizing our life and our week. Amen. So we enter into to the 40 days. We enter in with Jesus into the desert for a time of, of testing and uh, to, to prepare for, for his great love that will be poured out upon the cross for us. And we ask for St. Francis to be with us. And uh, good father, Father Peter Teresa, would you, would you pray us out? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come down upon all who are listening to this. Allah, we ask that you just give them a spirit of prayer and of penance and of almsgiving, that they might enter deeply into uh, the spirit of this land. St. Francis, that we ask that you would pray for each one of us that through your holy example that we might enter into the season and this might be the best land we've ever had. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.